Advisory services offered through Prime Capital Investment Advisors, LLC, PCIA, a federally registered investment advisor, Overland Park, Kansas. The following or preceding commentaries and responses are the opinions of Jason Noble, Andy Merchant, and their guests, and are not necessarily the opinions of PCIA, are for informational and educational purposes only, and are not and should not be considered investment advice. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Welcome to 20 Minutes of Clarity, the podcast that focuses on strategies and ideas to answer the wealth questions you have, hosted by Prime Capital Wealth Advisors Jason Noble and Andy Merchant. As wealth advisors, they've spent years navigating the complex world of finance and wealth management for their clients. Each week, they share practical tips and insights to help you achieve your financial goals. Whether you're looking to start a business, build your investment portfolio, or simply improve your personal finances, the next 20 minutes promises to be informative, engaging, and most importantly, actionable. 20 Minutes of Clarity starts now. 20 Minutes of Clarity. I'm your co-host, Jason Noble. And with me today, I have our co-host, Andy Merchant. Thank you so much for being here in person hey, with me. In person is the best part. I mean, not to mention the fact that, one, this is our first time in person, but two, we're celebrating a great uh, launch of your office, your great yes. new office here. So I'm super excited to be here. Uh, we're going to meet with a lot of great of your clients later on today. So uh, really excited to be here in person doing 20 Minutes Clarity today. You can tell we're pretty excited for this. <laughs> and uh, we're going to be talking about a study that came out from Vanguard. It's uh, Quantifying the Advisor's Alpha is the name of the study. You can look it up. You can find more information when you go through it yourself. But the study says it could be in excess of 3% net of the advisory fee. So 3% is what the advisor's alpha could be if they're doing certain things. Yeah. So all of them are not equally weighted, but I will kind of go into some of the key ones, right, Andy, and get your opinion on it. So the first one I kind of want to just dive right into is suitable asset allocation using broadly diversified funds or ETFs, zero added value zero why would why would there be like in your opinion like zero added value well, there's no added value right because people and clients like you listening today are expecting more out of your advisor than just pure investment direction and diversification right when we talked earlier the, the studies about adding alpha so for those that don't understand all of our wonderful industry <laughs> jargon you know alpha is the return uh that your manager or in our case your advisor is providing um, for your service. Otherwise, just do it yourself, yeah. right? We Investment management, even to that study, is showing that a lot of it's becoming such a commodity or it's commoditizing to where you can get really good diversified portfolios by just investing in yourself. And so advisors or clients are looking at ways that they're looking to their advisor, right, Jason, to help them make really important, timely decisions and have confidence based on a, on a partner or an advisor that has experience in that space. Yes. Well, you know, so going into asset allocation, which was suitable asset allocation is what the that one segment was talking about. That, that's just a percentage of your portfolio that's invested in various asset classes, such as stocks, bonds and cash. And I love what you said. It's becoming a commodity. If you don't know how to mat, build out a comprehensive investment approach by now, uh, at, at, you're, you're probably not having a lot of clients or very many, like not many at all. Yeah. Um, and you probably should not be doing investment management. Um, well, and most of that's also being taken in house, right? I mean, firms like ours have our entire investment management team that's been able to handle that off, off site. It's different than the traditional past point 
when advisors used to sell their value add based on the stocks and bonds and the ETFs they would pick and allocation, which is changing because it's being centralized. Because of the centralization. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one thing I think that I think is clear for everyone that's uh, listening and watching is what, what can that be versus a concentrated uh, position within your investment profile? Like, how could you get that? Like, like a company stock, for instance, like, like it could add value depending on like how the advisor goes about constructing a strategy around that concentrated position or unwinding that concentrated position, which doesn't really go into the study, but that's something that I will say, like there's things I really agreed with and I really valued the the insight that came off the study and to the point that I even had a really good conversation with one of the people that was working on it, Mr. Benihoff, absolutely phenomenal conversation. And, and I asked him point blank, how many people out there in the industry are saying, hey, if you hire me, I could add like 3%. And he goes, it's happening more and more. But what bothers me, Jason, is they don't even read the study. They don't even know what adds the most value. They're like, hey, give me your money. Good luck with everything else. And they're not adding any value to the overall client experience. They're just using a study as a baseline to, to, for the conversation. So are you okay? Do you want to touch on that? Or do you want me to go into what we saw that added the most value? Yeah, I think we I, I think we jump right into what adds most value. I mean, our whole point is getting straight to the points in these podcasts and not uh, adding fluff. So let's uh, let's let's highlight it. Behavioral coaching adds up Behavioral. to two hundred <clears throat> basis points in layman's terms. That's two percent of added value is what they were saying. And in, in number sense. sense, a million dollar portfolio is twenty thousand. I, I like that even better. <laughs> we're getting there. We're breaking it down. <laughs> That's the detail. Okay, so so. You know, big part of what we do with Clear Picture Analysis and our Clear Picture Wealth Program is around behavioral coaching. But do you, like, first off, do you agree with up to 2%? And then the second question that I have for you, I got a double question for double you. Double question. Right? Okay. Is how do you use behavioral coaching with your clients yep. to add that value that we're talking about? So behavioral coaching, right, Jason, we talk in, in our program, it's mindset. Mm -hmm. And mindset meaning we understand within our clear picture wealth program we understand everybody has a, a unique background and past experiences you know a common example we have is those that borrowed money back in the 80s had higher interest rates they don't like mortgages right yeah. then we went through this new this new boom um that everybody didn't know what a mortgage above four percent was and now we're kind of approaching back up so why mindset is important is that if you go to somebody who may not be buying into mindset around how to leverage money through a mortgage strategy, um, then what they'll do is they won't make a decision that would have helped them. So really what mindset is, is about making informed decisions and having confidence in the decision and not waiting. That's where I think you get the 200 basis point added is because you're confident in what you're doing and you know why you're doing it. And so having a common mindset around strategies is where, where we're seeing that, that make up the most in our program. Where I also will come across behavioral coaching with, with, with my clients is where they heard of something through a friend at work or a family member. And what they heard seemed very appealing and attractive to them. But what they were trying to do is like chase the hot stop yep. or they heard someone on the uh, on uh, on YouTube or something, right? And if you're watching, thank you. But uh, <laughs> like all oh, the markets going down, and it's 
the the, the sky is falling and they felt like they needed to yep. make the that adjustment. Yep. But when I'm doing when I'm when I'm going through is I'm showing them, okay, what if what you're saying comes to fruition? What does that mean? Oh, by the way, like you're still on track to reach your financial goals if that still was to occur with mm-hmm. the approach that we're taking, not just with your investments, but then within your financial planning approach. Mm-hmm. Then it, 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 it could be just being transparent and being proactive and doing those what if scenarios. Yeah. Right. Well, we always talk about but doors. that's that's behavioral coaching. Yeah. When we talk about the doors. Right. When, when, people, when we go to people for the Clear Picture Wealth Program, we're hoping everybody's listening with this study as well, is that we're not here as anything other than, than our clients' partners. And when I think about partnership, just like much of yours and I, Jason, on deals, is we're here to make decisions together. Um, I'm not telling, I'm not selling you on an idea. I'm not asking you to do something that you're not willing to do, whether we're going to have collaboration on it, but it's going to be based on baseline data, you know, baseline decisions and understanding mindset in your, is part of behavioral coaching. So we're just trying to see, can we encourage everybody out there? If you want to increase your asset allocation or, or your performance, you're going to have to do it through, um, through just 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 having confidence and making well informed decisions in a timely manner. Uh, well, yes. Well, that's what we're here for is yeah. to help them make better informed decisions in a timely manner. So, so there's another part of the study. I, well, we spent a lot of time on that part because it is, according to this study, the most impactful thing that a professional could be doing with their clients. Let's go to asset location up to sixty basis points, or zero point six percent. Right. Yeah. The, Right. Okay. What I'm getting at here is when asset location, can you break that down for me? Well, asset location to us, right? We'll start with us and then we'll tell you go to traditional is all about the PPP, right? Mm-hmm. So we talk all the time, you know, it's about how much you're going to have to public allocation, how much to private. And if you happen to be accredited, then you can get some private investments. That's right. Say the right over protection, public protection, private. Why is that important for those that we're talking to over this? is that traditionally it's always been about stocks, bond mix, you know, your equities to your bonds, to your cash, which is great. But what the number one impactful thing that you're going to have to your overall net worth, which is where the study I think is picking up on, uh, on the added value from advisor decisions is because of liquidity, Mm -hmm. right? Liquidity is the important part of that whole conversation there, because what's going to happen is you're not going to necessarily have a net worth impacted, right, Jason, because your stocks or bonds move. That's what stocks and bonds do. They don't always go up. They always they don't always go down. They kind of bounce around. And this is about timing of when you need the money. When you need money, if you don't have access to the money and liquidity, then you're forced to borrow money at inopportune times. You're forced to sell things at inopportune times. And that's what destroys network. So asset location is very important versus asset allocation. And I think is that what studies it. Yes. So they're saying asset allocation, how much do you have in stocks, bonds, and cash and other investments? Like where, do you, Like what percentages you have? nominal value, but you're going to see higher value on asset location going. Now they don't talk about our PPPs, but they, but yes. they're, but what you're, what you're, what you're jump, jumping they're into they, for that PPP. Story, well, yes. no, no, they they got to talk to us. They got to call us Vanguard. I know you're watching and listening. Give us a call. <laughs> but the, the thing that I'm going to jump into on the study here was if you have uh, an investment that is in line with your asset allocation, but it has a lot of internal turnover, you would want to put that into an, like an IRA or a Roth, not into the taxable account where you're going to get those pass-through taxes. Yeah, that's strategy allocation. That's a strategy allocation, yeah. nope. right? So how much do you put into the Roth? And, and like, would you put your more aggressive investments into the Roth IRA? Or 
and maybe less aggressive investments into the traditional IRA? Those are the questions and conversations that a qualified financial advisor and professional will be having with you. If they haven't already, then you have to determine, are they really in line with the study? Now, this next one is near and dear to my heart. Uh, as, a, as a retirement income certified professional, I spent a lot of time on this next one. And they, they said it could go up to 120 basis points or 1.2% of added value on a proper spending strategy, aka a withdrawal approach. So I'll talk a lot about it, but I want you to kick us off. When you're working with your clients, what does it look like when you're talking through like a withdrawal strategy or approach? Yeah. Well, and I think it's important to note, you know, there's a lot of, of reading out there about traditional approaches. And I think the added advisor alpha, which is the conversation today, and Jason's going to go in way much more detail on this, but there's traditional spending, right? Mm -hmm. 4% of portfolio or this or that, you know, might come out of it. The reality is, is it's, it's a very complex formula that needs to be considered based on your original goals. And when I say that, and Jason's going to jump right into this, right? I want you to hit it all is it, you know, a lot of things depend on how much of you, of your portfolio are you relying on. And I want you to hit on that a little bit when you talk is, you know, at the end okay. of the day, you need your, your, your money to come out of your portfolio. So how do you determine a withdrawal rate? It's not only just a standard rate. It's how much are you going to rely on your portfolio? That's volatility comes into play. And then more importantly, a new study I just read, Jason, was taxes are not being factored in. So your tax rate I'm throwing you on the spot a little bit. Your tax rate and your portfolio reliance are going to determine your, your thing. So let me summarize that and then I'll let you hit it on. Yeah. Is that if you have a high portfolio reliance rate, meaning that you're dependent upon your portfolio, right, to drive most of the income, you can't support maybe a higher withdrawal rate. Now, if that same portfolio to the asset location is highly taxable, an IRA becomes taxable in retirement. In addition to high spending, then that makes your withdrawal rate even lower because you have to pay the government first. So that's how I'm having the conversation, but I, I, you're much more the expert in this space. Well, this is why we work so well together because yeah. like, we're not far apart on it. And I think uh, just having me talk about withdrawal strategy, to the traditional sense, when you, when you look at a lot of financial plans uh, that come across my desk here in the Charleston area, and I, you know, I work with clients that now in 28 states. So this is a way for all different on, taxes. Oh my gosh! At the state level, how do you like how do you keep up with yeah, all yeah. that? But um, you better have really good like tax software yeah. and planning software. But what I'm kind of getting into here is um, when I come across other people's financial plans and withdrawal order, they're taking money from the taxable account first, and then the traditional IRA, and then the Roth. And then uh, other times I'll see like traditional IRA withdrawals, and then the taxable account, and then the Roth at the end of the plan, and the it's it's using uh i would say old school wisdom on this where what if you were to take money out of the ira a little bit from the brokerage account the taxable account like being the joint brokerage account and then like a little bit from the Roth, especially if you're retired before 65 that can impact your magi your modified adjusted gross income that could also impact what you pay for your premiums on the affordable care act so I'll give a quick example. So this couple, they needed $100,000 a year and the advisor that they were working with had them take all $100,000 out of their 401k. The same 401k that he was not managing. Wow. Now, the 100,000, this was, what's that now? Fiduciary? Uh, no, 
it's a whole other topic. But that, <laughs> yeah, we'll have to talk about that in another meeting. But yeah. so the hundred thousand was not a hundred thousand. They had to pull out closer to one hundred and twenty thousand after taxes. Okay, that was just on the federal level. I'm not even start talking about the state, and this was New Jersey. Okay, now if I could get their modified adjusted gross income closer to like sixty five thousand. What that was going to do is take $2,300 a month towards their health care down to $300, saving them $2,000 per month on health care premiums and get the same exact policies that they already had. The first thing that the, advisor, the, the client said is, I've been working with my accountant for the last 20 years. Why didn't they bring this to my attention? Mm-hmm. And then the second thing he asked is, is this legal? Okay. <laughs> and so... We called the, the account and the account was available. I was shocked. They jumped onto the virtual meeting that we were having. And I said to the account, we're going to do a blended distribution to manage the MAGI for the PTC on the ACA. <laughs> and I started giving him the numbers. Well, he's writing down the numbers feverishly. And he goes, Jason, I think you miscalculated. They will have to pay $200 a month. Now, I already knew that, Andy. Mm-hmm. But I gave him an opportunity to save him an extra 100 right? Because he had this brilliant idea. <laughs> well, now the now the client, yes. they became clients because I knew how to do proper spending strategies yep. and withdrawal orders to help them save money on healthcare costs. This, so everyone that's listening, like it's all connected. You can't look at this in a myopic viewpoint. It has to be looked at holistically. Well, it needs to it needs to be taken into account early. You know, too often our industry. You know, I think that the this is outside the study, right? But you know. Traditionally, people come into our industry expecting that we only work with clients who have assets under management to manage. You know, our program was designed to, to to strip that away. That's where you know the fiduciary conversation that we'll have in another podcast session will come up, right? But we got to start making decisions. So when Jason's talking about you know Roth conversions or allocating buckets or taking advantage of the opportunity to do healthcare planning, you know, maybe before before you're 65, you can't do that if your only asset is a taxable asset, IRA. Yeah. Or 401k. Right. And so having that conversation extremely early in life, we're always planning for that transition data when we don't want to depend on somebody else to pay us. Yeah. And so you got to start planning early. Yeah. I mean, so having the conversations with my clients that are in their 20s, 30s, 40s about the things that we could be doing now to prepare them for when they get into their late 50s and 60s is a very fulfilling conversations because we're Mm -hmm. we're we're coming at it with a plan of attack. It's more than just a financial plan. We're attacking what we're seeing from an economic uh, basis, uh, looking at the three Ps, but then also looking at the tax drag that be, that could be incurred. If we do the traditional method of just saving in your 401k, maxing out your 401k, and everything else will be fine. No, because what ends up happening is then you're reliant on the full breadth of the market that could be very dynamic and volatile. And you do not want to be betrayed by the market the day you retire. The worst recession, the worst pullback that we have or have in our lives is the first one of the year of retirement, right? So if you have money in different asset pools, pools, buckets, I could call it as well. You got money in the pre-tax, you got money in the Roth, you got money in the after-tax, Right. And you have those. Then you have assets that are are geared towards 
from an accumulation stage growing and then to go to the distribution and making it an income producing approach. That's the stuff that they're talking about within the spending strategy. And my final note, let me throw on it. I know we're probably getting close to our, our committed time, but you know, there's, there's a graphic I've always seen, right? Jason, it's like when you plan, you go up the mountain, you get to the very top of the mountain, then you have somebody glide you down. That, that every time I've seen that in every one of our financial conferences, it's like, great. So we're helping our clients build money just to watch them spend it to zero. You know, having a proper spending strategy, the guy idea behind it is let's build the mountain up and then let's plateau it. Right. It's so important. And, and how do you plateau it as you avoid, our, you know, the excess distribution from an R&D required minimum distributions? That's a bucket to strategy. Yes. You, you, you build it out to where you're, you're spending within your limits in the most uh, feasible way. You come up with a protected asset or your income has to be solved by protected money and then passive income if you're fortunate to go out there and have more of a high net worth strategy and with those kind of things. But that's retirement independence is if we can live on enough of our expenses are covered by things we don't have to worry about market volatility, we can seek to plateau it. And what you said is resonating with me, Andy, because uh, I don't think we've even talked about this off air. So this is the first time we're actually having this conversation. In person. In person, of all things, right? But you're right. There's so much emphasis on helping people get up the mountain. But when we build out the plan, we're looking at the end goal in mind. You got to have the right equipment. You got to have the right tools and resources. So when you get up the mountain, you want to come back down the mountain, or let's say retirement mountain. It's not coming back down to to go to zero. No, it's coming back down where you're not working anymore and you're relying on your income streams. But how many people out there are getting the conversations that are helping them think about with the end goal in mind and working backwards to where we are today and looking at all the different factors that come to play? I mean, if this is resonating with you, I mean, this is where you could reach out so we could have a conversation and introduce you to the Clear Picture Wealth Program. I got to thank Vanguard, uh, even though I don't work with them directly. I got to thank them for, for coming out with this. They came out with my first time of coming across the study was in 2019. And then they re they re they revised it in 2022. Um, what, I, what I liked about this so much is. I knew that I was adding value through the comments and conversations that I was having with clients and what their financial plans were doing as we were navigating the dynamics of the market and the economy. But then for them to quantify it, so then I could see it, this study for me was validation to the work that we do mm -hmm. uh, more than anything. Well, it hit on the three, the three main, the three main kind of uh, uh, rules that we live by. Right within the with the kind of within the clear picture program, just kind of our oath to helping our clients make better, more informed decisions is how do you do that? Proper mindset alignment. Proper mindset leads to alignment, and then alignment leads to clarity. And if you're clear and you have a clear path, you're going to make the best, most informed decision um, possible out there. And we understand that our, we're a changing environment, so rules always have to do. So that's where a financial expert like Jason and I or the rest of our advisors at Prime you know, come into play is that we are continually learning and we work with thousands of clients across the country, not in, not each of us individually, right? That's the, the base of the team approach, but we're always learning and we're always learning there. So we hope to be able to help people make those decisions tomorrow. And you said it best. And, and well, this was 22 minutes of clarity. Thank you for tuning in and watching. I'm so excited that you're hey, here. Thank you for being here. <laughs> so appreciate it. It's good. You be well.